It's a miracle. And Ivy, and you are listening to Black, Broke and Brilliant. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be discussing cultural appropriation. So let's get straight into it. Cultural appropriation happens when a person adopts a cultural element that is not their own without knowing the origin, the history and meaning behind it, all while the community they are appropriating is being mocked for it. It can be in the form of hairstyles, clothing pieces, accessories and loads of other different things. Now, the reason it's a huge problem is because it happens when someone uses the culture of a less dominant group of people in a way that those people in the community find it unpleasant, rude or downright offensive. And it's when the minority doesn't have a say in the issue, even though it's their heritage that's being used for either aesthetic purposes or just for fun. Essentially, it's benefiting from minority cultures without having to deal with the oppression that comes with it. Exactly. And a prime example of this is people wearing bindis to festivals. I get you want to look cute for Coachella or Glastonbury or wherever you're going, but you have to understand that bindis have a spiritual meaning in Hinduism. They represent the third eye. It's such an important part of their culture. Like People will literally wear them to weddings and significant events because that's how important it is to them. And similarly, people just love to dress up as Pocahontas for Halloween and get into character by wearing that Native American headdress, not understanding the sacred significance of that headdress to Native Americans. And the thing with like dressing up as Pocahontas for Halloween, there are literally a plethora of white Disney princesses that you could go as. But no, you had to go as the one Native American one or the one black one or the one Asian one. And there is a way to do it that doesn't involve you wearing a headdress or darkening up your skin. Literally, there are an infinite number of other people they can be. People of colour have like that one person, that one token person that's represented in Disney and still white people want to hop on that bandwagon too. It's crazy. And these headdresses are made up of feathers and each individual feather symbolises an act of bravery. So it literally takes them years to create a full headdress and it's not something that they take lightly. So it may seem cool or trendy or tie in with your Halloween look, but this isn't something that you should just be able to add to your wardrobe. Like it actually means something to these people. And the worst part is Native Americans are still looked down on in America today. They've literally had their land rights taken away and they're still discriminated against every single day. So for you to buy some cheap version of that headdress to stunt and show up as Pocahontas shows a complete lack of respect and understanding. But it also just highlights the fact that Native Americans don't have the freedom to be themselves without criticism, while white people can just dip in and out as they please. Perfectly, perfectly said. And another example is the N-word. Like, people should not be using that word at all. But if you are not black, you definitely should not be using it. I don't care if you're drunk. I don't care if you didn't use the hard R. I don't care if your token black friend gave you an imaginary pass. I don't care if you're white, agent. If you are not black, don't say it. Point blank, period. No ifs, buts. Another example of cultural appropriation is blackface. Now, blackface originated in the US in the early 19th century. And this is where white performers would literally wear blackface, afros, and paint accentuated features that were supposed to represent black people. It was caricature. They would mock us, shock and jive around the stage and put on stereotypical black accents to essentially entertain people. They would present black people as unintelligent, lazy, and it was downright racist and offensive. All the while, black performers can't get a job, they're paid significantly less, and they're not even allowed to attend the venues they're performing at. All you have to do is look up the Cotton Club. 
Imagine the Aretha Franklin couldn't even get into and enjoy the Cotton Club in New York as a black woman. And Marilyn Monroe literally had to say to the owners, like, if you don't let her in, like, I'm going to stop coming to your club, literally. And that, that is how they changed it. But imagine, she's, she's all well and good to perform on the stage, but, you know, you can't sit and hang amongst everyone else. It's literally that bad make it make sense and this is why seeing white people in blackface today is so problematic because of the history behind it it represents so much more than just you putting on dark makeup because it's steeped in the most racist offensive practices like white people are trying to show solidarity in wearing blackface like there are literal instagram influencers who thought to show my solidarity with the black lives matter movement and the death of george floyd I'm going to put on blackface, doing half and half makeup as if it's a look. Who, who asked you to do that? No one asked you to do that. <laughs> like, I literally saw that on my Instagram feed and I couldn't, I didn't even have the energy to discuss it with anyone that I knew because I was just, I could feel myself getting angry. Like, why would you think that that is your way of showing solidarity, painting your face black? Who is that helping? Who? No one sent you. And if you're sat there thinking, oh yeah, I've heard about minstrel shows and blackface, that's an American thing. No, incorrect. The black and white minstrel show ran in the UK from 1958 to 1978 and it was the most popular TV show in the UK. At its time, at its height in the 1960s, it had over 16 million viewers. So these were white British men in blackface, again, adopting black caricatures. And in 1967, there was a campaign um, against the racial discrimination and it was petitioned for the show to be axed. And their response was, oh, the program was not racially offensive. That coming from a white person saying the show is not racially offensive, but you're not the race that they're making fun of. And it still took another decade before it was finally axed. Do you see the problem? This shows the tone deafness of society. And it was arguably the BBC's most glaring failure to understand the damage that it could do when trading in outdated stereotypes. Yeah, this wasn't some little show that was just on some random channel. It was the BBC. In the 60s, during a time when Rush Generation, when black people are here in the UK trying to make a home for themselves, have to go on TV and see these white men do little stereotypes and literally mock them. Another example, cornrows, braids, dreadlocks, not everything is meant for you and you need to be okay with that. Exactly. Not everyone's culture is at your disposal. Actually, no one's culture is at your disposal. Sometimes stay in your lane. And we should probably point out at this point that this is not an attack on white people, but cultural appropriation by definition is when the dominant culture appropriates from disadvantaged minority cultures. So the fact that we live in a white world with Eurocentric ideals of beauty and institutions that are created to see white people succeed and hold other races back means that white people are the main culprits of cultural appropriation. Don't get me wrong, it wouldn't be okay for me to wear a bindi or an Asian person to say the N-word, but in the same way that reverse racism doesn't exist because racism is based off of institutional and systemic power that only white people have, is the exact same way that cultural appropriation is only really something that white people can do. And just to point out, there is a difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Appreciation is attempting to learn and understand a culture that is not your own. It's doing it in a way that's respectful and it seeks to broaden your perspective and connect with others cross-culturally. So if you're actively engaging with people of that culture, respectfully paying homage, then that's fine. 
What isn't fine is white models in dreads on the runway. That's not okay. White models in Sikh turbans on the runway. Not okay. Wearing someone's traditional clothing as a costume. Not okay. However, designing a collection using cultural prints that include people of that culture in the process, whether it's using them as models, the designers or the fabric creators, that is okay because you're respectfully paying homage and you're including those people in the process. If you're just taking someone's culture to use at your disposal and to monetize it, then you're appropriating. Exactly. It's really just that simple. And this reminds me when I was at university, so I was on a street dance team and we'd go to competitions all over the UK. And we were at this one competition and we were watching, I think, a contemporary category. And this team of 15 white people, they strolled up on stage. They were doing a dance to the Lion King, which was already kind of problematic. And they rocked up, decked out head to toe in kente cloth. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, kente cloth is a Ghanaian fabric and it's so important in our culture. It's something we wear on special occasions. It can show your status and the colours and patterns also have symbolism and meanings behind them. But this group, this all-white group, they didn't clock any of that. They just strolled on stage, thought they were getting into character for their little Lion King dance, were doing their dramatic runs across the stage, fully imported that fabric from Ghana so they could get into character, not understanding the cultural significance of what that fabric means. And me and my Ghana and friend were just sat there giving each other the side eye just being shocked at the audacity of this team to be able to do that like who okayed that certain things are just not up for grabs and the worst thing is I bet they didn't even import that kente cloth from Ghana I, I bet they just went on Amazon and just typed in like African cloth African <laughs> like a budget eBay version of it yeah it's so true but it's like White people, you already have a leg up in the world. You have white privilege. Is that not enough for you? Must you capitalize on our culture too? Like how much, you've, you've taken enough. You've stolen enough. Like, let me have this. Let us have this, please. It's 2020. And if you're not sure if something is acceptable, ask a friend who is from that culture or Google it. There is this resource called the internet and it will tell you whether things are okay or not okay. Like do the research. Mate, if you don't even want to type in the words into Google, ask Siri, ask Alexa. They will give you the answers for you. <laughs> right, for centuries, black people have been the creators of so many things we enjoy today, but are not recognised for their contributions to music, art, dance, fashion, science, technology, and so much more. All the while, other people, <coughs> white people, capitalise off it. Now, black women get criticised for their appearance and white women are praised for doing the exact same things or they get credit for something that they didn't create. The Kardashians are a prime example of this, profiting off of black women's bodies. Yes, and if you think about the Kardashians today, you automatically just think about their body shape. But they were not born like this. They have their plastic surgeons. They knew what they were doing. They created this look themselves. And I'm sorry, Kimberly. But those hips do lie. We know that's not what your mama gave you. And if you think about it, this is one of the richest families in the world. And they are capitalizing off of black women's bodies without even acknowledging it. And if you look at their social media, they're happy to flaunt their bodies and have their side businesses. But when it comes to black issues, there's radio silence. Like they were all happy to post their black square on hashtag blackout Tuesday on Insta. But that was about it. Come with the same energy when it comes to black issues. If you're happy to capitalize off of black people. Correct. And it's not even just black bodies that they try and recreate. 
but it's the whole black culture capitalizing off black culture. Like, can a sis get paid? If you're going to steal her ideas, at least have the audacity to A, credit her, or better yet, pay her to do it instead of some next man's pirate copy version. Like, it doesn't make any sense. If there is a black woman who you can pay and you like her idea, you could pay her to do it as opposed to using someone else who's just going to do some replication. Exactly. It's, it's actually just quite simple. And this reminds me of TikTok. So I love this app. I have no shame. It's a great app. But you have to acknowledge that the most popular users on this app are white. The whole Hype House, Addison Ray, Charlie D'Amelio, all the people that we associate with TikTok are white, but they get famous by dancing to black artists and dancing to dances made by black dancers as well. Like the whole Renegade, I'm a Savage, Say So, Captain Hook, all of these big dance trends were dances made by black dancers and they don't get any credit for it. And it's a shame because these black people are putting in the work, they are grinding, they are spending their time creating something interesting, something that people connect with. These white people see it on their timeline, recreate it, they get millions of followers, they get invited to Ellen, they get invited to do all these really cool things and the black artists are completely forgotten about. And that is the epitome of cultural appropriation. Mm, I think you've, you've put it so perfectly. Like social media has been a great platform for black women and women of color to express their creativity whether that is through starting youtube channels having instagram accounts showing off their fashion and aesthetics it's been great and whilst it can be used to uplift black women it can also be used as a hub of plagiarism so this is other accounts and other people stealing their looks stealing their aesthetics literally image for image copying now Kim Kardashian, again, the queen of cultural appropriation. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, she was doing this Insta Live or something. Um, and North, her daughter North was like getting in the shot. And she was like, sweetie, you're in mommy's shot. Can you just like get out? And, she, and North literally said to her, you should be taking care of your children instead you're worried about social media or something along the lines. And it's like her child really had to tell her about herself, like take care of these kids you've been having. But she was so focused on, you know, like the gram. Now, North knows what's up. She sussed. She knew everything that, that was coming. And again, this comes back to the fetishization of black mixed race babies for fashion, as if they are accessories that you can just pick up and choose when you want to hang out with and, and when you don't. And this can range from parents pimping out their children, their mixed race, black mixed race babies on Instagram accounts, like black mixed race baby Insta accounts. And it can range from that to, I can't wait to have me some caramel babies with green eyes. Like people thinking as if they can just pick and choose the features of their children or setting out to specifically get with black men so they can have these, these little caramel babies. And again, even describing them as that, like treating children as if they're bitmojis and avatars. And recently I was reading um, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. And in it, Rennie, she references this report that was done in the UK in 1927. And this report, it was the report on investigation into colour problems in Liverpool and other ports. And it was basically looking at mixed race children, which they were referred to in quotes as half caste, and looking at how they had been tainted by their race, how they were more exposed to certain diseases because of their half blackness and how their half blackness has tainted them, made them undesirable, how they'll struggle for work, how they'll struggle to get into relationships. Like they were treated horribly. And this was an official report and it led to studies like eugenics, literally saying that certain people of certain races are 
less intelligent or more likely to struggle with this because of their race. And this is perpetuated through society. So again, people treating their, their children as if they're accessories, like that's your child, you should love them regardless, instead of focusing on their features and what they can do for you and trying to chase cloud. Like, just take care of your children, I beg. Exactly, like this idea of mixed race kids for clout or this build a bear workshop mentality. I want green eyes, I want this color skin. What? No. Honestly, check yourself. If that's why you want to have kids, you shouldn't be having kids. And another thing, we kind of touched on it, but nowadays people want to be slim thick. Slim thick is kind of the ideal body type. So when you have big boobs, a tiny waist, hourglass figure, and a big bum. People go out of their way, they get surgery, they pay money to mimic the black female physique. But black women who are born with these bodies get no recognition, get no credit. Like Brazilian bum lifts, BBLs, are so popular nowadays. People want big bums. And who, 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 um, who naturally has these big bums? Um, black women, we are born with these bums. We are notorious for having big bums. Yet people are going out of their way. They are paying thousands to create this body type and then they are getting the recognition for it. Like the ideal in society somehow is a white girl with black girl features. Like a slim, thick white woman is the goal. But make it make sense because we are literally born with this body type type and still we are not seen as attractive I don't get it honestly like I've heard people male friends literally say oh white girls are evolving they're coming in slim thick now other girls need to watch out like people have uttered these words from their lips I'm even when I heard it I was like are you serious the whole white girls are evolving they come in slim thick now as if you know, they're Barbie dolls you can just pick up off the shelf, but other girls need to watch out. Like, what? Oh, so now that now that white girls ha- are developing features or have features that, you know, are associated with, like, Latina women or black women, everyone else, we, we don't need anyone else. That's, that's how I read it. And that was the vibes I got. And I was like, hella problematic. No, thank you, sir. No. Oh my God, that's it. not okay. And the thing is, as well, I don't even know if people realise that when they're in the gym doing squats every day, trying to get thick thighs, trying to get big bums, I don't even know if they realise themselves that they are mimicking black women's bodies. I don't even know if they clock it. That's the crazy thing about it. Like, it, <laughs> people are out here fully trying to play dress up to be black. Prime example of cultural appropriation in its most extreme form, a woman called Martina Big. Now, she is a white German woman who just decided to change race. She now identifies as a black woman, and she even went to the extreme of having extensive body modifications, which included taking extreme levels of melanin injections to darken her skin. She's had lots of surgery to enlarge her boobs to just unnatural sizes and also having bum lifts, tummy tuck, all of that. She also went on to claim that she could conceive, and I swear these words came out of her mouth, black milk chocolate babies. Stop it. A white woman said, I can now conceive black milk chocolate babies. And when I say, like, the amount of injections, melanin injections she's had, the woman is now darker than me, a black woman, and she's out here stunting as if she is now a black woman. And she's saying she hopes to move to Africa and start a family there. Oh, yeah, I've been to Africa to learn the history. Fam, Africa is not one country. What are you on about? There are multiple different countries there are tribes there are villages with all different histories and traditions you thinking you went to one place like ah, now I suddenly know about the black experience you are not a black woman and you never will be and I'm just 
even more disgusted that this woman was given a platform on primetime television. She went on ITV on Good Morning to, to utter these disgraceful words. And just the fact that, like, oh, she even had hair implants to get this big, kinky, long hair. And it's just like, you are a caricature. Like, this is what you think Black women look like. And that was the most hurtful thing, is that in her mind, this is what Black women look like. Wow. And it oh. So look, look at the picture of yourself. I'm just disgraceful. <laughs> That's the most upsetting thing about it. Like, we are not a costume that you can put on. You can't just get bored of your race and choose to be black. That's just not how it works. It's not how it works. And this reminds me of Rachel Dozal. I'm sure you will remember the name because a while ago she was trending everywhere. So she is a white, she's a white woman. She's as white as they come. She is European through and through, but identifies as African-American. And the issue with this was, she says, I wasn't identifying as black to upset people. I was just being me. How is that being you? You are white. You are European. You can't just be like, you know what? I feel black today, so I'm going to identify as black. That's not how it works. And the thing is, she was um, the leader of one of the NAACP branches, and she was a black rights activist. But you don't have to be black to campaign for black issues. You don't have to change your race and get box braids to campaign for black issues. She's just created a whole other issue by deciding to identify as African-American. Like you can pick and choose if you want to be a part of us or a part of our culture if you want to. Like you don't have that choice. You don't have that right. If you're not born black, you're not black. It's really just that simple. Like you're not, you, you're, you're literally not. You can't just one day wake up and be like, okay, today I feel like being black. You can't, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. And the fact that your white privilege self-entitled self thinks that it's okay to do this is part of the problem. It really is. And people are always on the defense. It's like, I'm not racist. It's not cultural appropriation. Actually, this is the definition of cultural appropriation. If cultural appropriation was a person, it would be Rachel Dozal. And oh my God, I forgot she even changed her name to Nkechi Amare Diallo. <laughs> she thought, what's the blackest name I can find? Hmm, Nkechi. <laughs> She is just, uh, I just like, make it make sense. Look that, it's, it's not appreciated. It's appropriating. It's disrespectful. It's racist. It's hella racist. Because think yeah. about what she's saying now. She was like, okay, let me just pick the most blackity black sounding African neck. No, stop. Stop doing, why do you guys do these things? Stop doing these things, please. It's like, even if the intention is good, it doesn't mean that it's not racist. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Another thing, though, is we have to talk about lip fillers. Like, no shade to people who have them, no shade to people who are thinking of getting them. But this, again, is a prime example of cultural appropriation because I was teased in school for having large lips, like a lot of Black people are. I was called duck lips. People told me not to wear bright lipstick because they said it would accentuate them too much. And now people are paying money. They're paying thousands to enlarge their lips. People are overlining them, getting those lip glosses that have the tingling sensation so they're plumped up so that they can have fuller lips. And this is the crux of it. Black women get dragged for the features they were born with and then white girls come along and copy certain things and get all the credit. You know when you're in school and your friend asks to copy your homework and you're like, sure, but just change it a little bit. Imagine that, but your response being, nah, you can't fucking copy my homework. But them doing it anyways and then getting an A, meanwhile, you're chilling with an F. <laughs> Literally, you're chilling with that F. And when you complain and speak up, people are like, you have a chip on your shoulder. It's not that deep. Honestly. And let's think, Kylie Jenner is a billionaire or near billionaire because, you know, there was a whole scandal that apparently she doesn't even have, have a billion. But whatever. 
let's say she's a billionaire, off of her lip kits and marketing. Again, capitalizing off of black culture. And the worst thing is the lip kits doesn't even work for her because she had to get lip fillers to achieve the look that she started with her lip kits. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Literally deep that when people think of large lips, they think of Kylie Jenner. They don't even realize that she has paid money. She's gotten her surgery to have full lips like black women but people aren't associating big lips with black women anymore they're associating it with kylie what it's just the fact that when lips became this sort of trend who did everyone look to it was like ah the the kardashians the jenners kylie this lip that there was even a kylie lip challenge where people were like sucking shot glasses glasses little round things to enlarge their lips to the point where their lips would literally swell some would burst some some people's lips were like just permanently deformed after this and why because they were trying to chase clout and be like kylie but the thing is my issue is not even with her getting lip fillers because you do you boo but i'm more disturbed by the fact that she denied it for so long and she was out here telling people you can get lips like mine just by using my lip kit and what's even worse is that the whole family were facilitating this lie like she overlines it she uses lip liner to create an illusion no amount of lip liner can transform your wee avatar line for lips to plump voluptuous lips like it's not possible it's not possible Yeah, you can get lips like mine just from using my lip kit when you didn't even get lips like yours from using your lip kit. Exactly. And it's like we have the before and after pictures. So it's clear your lips don't swell up that much from overlining them. That's not how it works. We can see that you've gotten lip injections. Just be honest. But it's it's crazy because we'll have a lot of white people who are following that trend that Kylie Jenner started trying to be like Kylie, not clocking that Kylie was trying to be like black women and black women are left out of this whole narrative altogether. (laughs) Kylie ain't even trying to be like Kylie. (laughs) Exactly. Kylie don't even look like Kylie. What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. Right, another major example of cultural appropriation is white people having braids. And when we say braids, we're talking about single plaits, not your little fishtail. The fishtail plaits you can keep, that's fine. We're talking about single plaits, cornrows, locks, shells in hair. Like, it's, it's not for you. It's not for you. When it comes to black hair, there's so much history behind it so much tradition and it has a lot of meaning and also it's a form of protective styling so people think when we're telling you oh that hairstyle's not for you people think we're doing it for fun as if I just want to waste my breath on you or people think we're doing it to be problematic but it's literally not meant for your hair so if you want to continue to force having single plaits when your hair follicles fall out don't say I didn't warn you don't say we didn't warn you. <laughs> Don't at us, honestly. And it just reminds me, because a couple of years ago, I saw this trend, boxer braids trending on Twitter. And I was like, oh, cool, what's this? I'm sorry, we have to talk about Kim K, because again, queen of cultural appropriation. I was like, okay, what's this cool trend? Okay, look into it, saw the picture. I was like, I'm sorry, cane rose? Do you mean cane rose, a style that black people across the world have literally used for centuries? Are you confused In case you are, Kim K did not invent these. She did not invent these. It's not some cool, oh, this is a thing that boxers wear when they go in the rip. No, they're cane rows. And she tried again to capitalise off of something that black people have been doing for time. It was just, even when I was seeing boxer braids, I was like, what the fuck are boxer braids? Like, they're just, they're just braids, fam. Where are you getting this boxer trying to add a little trendy word to it? No, like, no, not at all. 
and like hair has been such an important thing to black women and in black culture like like I was saying and we'll probably um divulge into it a bit more when we do a whole episode focused on hair but as I was saying like it shows tradition it represents where you're from the tribes you're from maybe you're standing and your hierarchy within certain tribes so there is so much more history to it that you just don't understand and you don't get you don't appreciate so why are you out here like stealing our hairstyles and then trying to make as if you invented something new it's so true and it reminds me of dreadlocks this one angers me because people don't understand the cultural and religious significance behind dreadlocks rastafarians will grow out their hair for religious reasons like there's literally a scripture in the bible that they refer to that encourages them to grow their hair to be closer to god it's not even for aesthetic reasons but but because you're a free spirit and because you like weed you think you're entitled do you know what that, that just reminded me of um x factor a couple years ago but there was this white boy singer the one with the guitar and he had he had dreadlocks my issue wasn't even the fact that he had dreadlocks it was just that he kept saying like yeah i haven't washed my hair in a year and he was like, yeah, I don't wash my hair. So him saying that, like, he was proud of the fact he didn't wash his hair and had dreadlocks, again, is showing to the public and to everyone who's watching X Factor, like, that link between our dreadlocks and them being dirty and unclean. Because that's people make that exact association when it comes to dreadlocks. So for the fact that he was, like, on TV being like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't washed my hair in over two years, thinking it was, it was really cool. But also, like... Kylie Jenner, she got dreadlocks for some rebel theme photo shoot for Team Vogue and was starting it on her Instagram like, ah, dreads, ah, dreads. Now, when Zendaya, who is a black woman, wore locks on the red carpet, she was described as smelling of patchouli oil and weed. Meanwhile, other black people are told to cut them off, being told that they look unprofessional, that they look unclean, blah, 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 that you can't compete wearing dreadlocks. Do you see the problem? Do you see the double standard? Yeah, and I think the bigger issue is the fact that natural hair today is still a divisive issue. It's still seen as unprofessional. It's still seen as dirty. It's still looked down upon in society. People can't necessarily go to school, go to work, go to interviews with their natural hair because of that stigma. Even last year, there was a school in London that sent a letter out to its students listing the restrictions on hairstyles that were only directed at black students. So this is what we're dealing with. So it's not fair for white people to cop our hairstyles and be revered for it. And it's looked at as trendy and edgy. And when we do it, it's ghetto and it's unacceptable and it's unprofessional. And I think as well, if we lived in a society where racism and oppression and discrimination didn't exist, it might be different. But when black people are literally attacked for just existing, for being themselves, for having their hair that grows out of their head, white people then can't come along and dip in and out of our culture and then get praised for doing so. Exactly. Like my natural hair, the 4C Afro kinky coily hair that grows out of my head. If I was to go like that to work, it's seen as unprofessional. You should do something to neaten up your hair. But a white person, the way their head, hair grows out of their head, that's not a problem. But when it's a black person, it's somehow like unkept and it has to be policed. Again, double standards. It's ridiculous. Another thing that I have an issue with is fake tanning. Because white people for time have been obsessed with sunbeds, fake tanning creams. But if you're not born with olive skin, please don't force it. Like you can make your skin 10 shades darker and even get to the color where your ethnicity becomes ambiguous but you will never have to deal with the oppression that actually comes with being dark skinned. So it's not okay for you to just hop in, hop out, be like, oh, this is fine. Oh, it's a novelty for you because you can be, oh, you can be golden brown. But for us, we are literally born this way. 
And society treats us so differently just because our skin is black. And for you, it's like, okay, a tan in a bottle, dark skin in a bottle for us. That's just my skin, G. And I have to deal with so much because of it. But it's like, demand them out there. You're not attracted to dark skin girls, but you find white girls more attractive when they have six layers of fake tan on. Hmm. This hmm. one, this Makes one. And it, goes, <laughs> and it goes back to black bodies. It's like, they'd rather have a slim, thick white woman, a white woman who's paid to have surgery to look like a black girl, who's paid to get tanned to look like a black girl. You'd rather be with someone like that than actually just be with a black girl who is born with all of those things. I don't understand. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't understand, mate. And it's also like, black people are discriminated against on the daily for just being black. But what, Susan and Sally can go to the sunbeds once a week, take snaps, celebrating how brown they are, and then not have to deal with the realities of having brown skin. And it's the disparity in how we're treated that actually makes it as bad as it is. Because again, for you, it's like, oh, olive skin glow. You might be more radiant. For you, it might just, you might just even just want to look less pale. You might want to cover up your veins. I get that. But for us, it's a reminder that we're looked down on every day for the colour that we are born with. And we don't have any choice in the colour that we are. We can't pick and choose. We can't go and buy an oil. We can't do that. We are black. We are born black and we have to deal with all the repercussions, but you will never have to. Correct. And an extension of this is black fishing. So this is literally getting clout and making money off of changing your race. Now, this one literally enrages me because it is tantamount to blackface. Why are you wearing foundations 10 shades darker than your skin? Why does your fake tan look like you've been dunked in palm oil? Why, <laughs> Why is your face golden brown, but your neck and hands are pale as snow white? Who are you trying to kid? And it's... It's actually, it's literally, it's literally blackface. And I remember a couple months ago, I think it might have been last year, this girl called Holly or something, she was getting exposed on Instagram and Twitter because on her Insta, she was literally posed with like kinky hair, you know, the little crinks that they like to do, the ones that we, what we would call like a twist out or a braid out. My girl was doing it on her hair to make it look like kinky. She was using dark make dark makeup. This was a white girl. People actually put pictures of like what she actually looks like. And then her Instagram. And when I say the girl was using makeup, that was like my skin shade. Trying to chase likes by presenting herself to be, oh, I'm this exotic, ethnically ambiguous. Uh, he's trying to catfish man them on social media. And again, stealing the aesthetics of women of colour like what we actually look like and aesthetics we've created when really you're Jessica from around the corner. <laughs> Honestly, you're not Jenny from the block. And I remember her. I remember her because she was making money off of selling products off of her dark skin. And I saw a picture of her parents and they were as white as the driven snow. So Holly, reevaluate your life choices or get in the bin because we're not doing that in 2020. Exactly. These are, these are the girls that we are talking about. Like we appreciate and we know people are born with a whole different range of body types skin tones whatever we're not talking we're talking about these specific ones who go out of their way to darken their skin they think it's cute oh i look pretty let me chase some clouts and some light make some money off of building myself to look like a black woman or a latina woman or an again an ethnically ambiguous woman when that's that's not you that is not you Exactly. And we get that, like, we're not attacking people who get tans at the end of the day, but you just need to understand where our frustration comes from, because you might get a tan and feel happy and feel like you're cuter, but 
black people literally feel like they have to bleach their skin all over the world. They will go out of their way and damage their skin because they're treated so badly for being born black. So it's a whole novelty for you. But black people are literally killed for just being black. So don't be surprised if black people aren't as happy as you that you're 10 shades darker. Don't be going to your black friends being like, oh, I'm nearly as tan as you, I'm nearly the same shade because we don't want to hear that. That one, it literally, like, if anyone ever says that, you're getting blocked, like, straight up. Friendship is over. Don't ever come up to me and be like, ha-ha, look, I'm nearly as dark as you. Miss me with all of that bullshit. No, I'm not having... I refuse. I've put up with it for far too long. I ain't doing it. You can't have the rhythm without the blues. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Bars for days. (laughs) honestly say it louder it's true though and at the end of the day you can appreciate someone's culture without appropriating it like appreciation is when you respectfully emphasis on the word respectfully try to understand and learn about other cultures and try to connect with people of different backgrounds but appropriation is taking one aspect of a culture that's not yours and using it for your own personal gain that's the difference like it's all well and good to find someone else's culture fascinating but you can't dip in and out and leech off of another culture for your own benefit precisely now, we just want to take this opportunity to say rest in power, Alua Toyin, who tragically passed away this week. She was taken from this world far too soon. Protect black women, protect trans women, protect non-binary people. Listen and acknowledge their struggle. Allow them to be vulnerable and express themselves. Support them, celebrate them and loud up their voices. Exactly. And for all the people listening out there, we might listen to black music, get lip fillers, be squatting for days in the gym, getting tans. I hope you are speaking up right now on social media and in real life because you've been benefiting off of black culture for time. So now that it actually counts, I hope you're showing up for us. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts or comments on the episode, use the hashtag BlackBrokeAndBrilliant on Twitter or message us on our Insta page. Like, subscribe, give us a rating, share it with your mums, your nans, your grands, that girl there with the fake tan who says, I'm nearly as dark as you. Share it with her. We'll be back on Thursday. I've been Ivy. I've been Samiracle. Thanks for listening.